0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. This is another episode with my friend, my entrepreneur friend, my Marine friend, my hustler, my person I look up to for networking because I just fucking suck at it, (laughs) Rob Renz. And this episode is brought to you by Echelon Front Overwatch. They are an executive search firm placing top military talent in top open positions that exist out there in the marketplace If you are not sure if you need an executive search firm to help you, and I'm not talking and I don't give a shit who listens to this. This is not Orion. This is not Cameron Brooks. This is for amazing military leaders looking to be placed by amazing people into amazing companies. Then definitely look up EFOverwatch.com. Submit yourself as a candidate and you never know. They can put you in that job that you deserve and that job where you're not going to be questioning off the bat, like, do they actually understand my value? You don't want that. We don't want that for you. So that is Echelon Front Overwatch, EFOverwatch.com. Check them out. So Rob uh, here, I was reading him a bunch of ideas, and I said contemporary communication. And and this is something that is, is he clearly got excited about, and we wanted to talk about it. But dude, you have a lot to say. So what are some of your initial thoughts on the importance of contemporary
1: communication? Let's go back to the beginning, if we, if we would. You and me. Yep. Met at a breakfast. Yes. Right? Remember the first thing you said to me? I saw you. Uh, you're the State Farm guy. Yep. Yeah. He said, you said, you're the State Farm guy. And you're like, I see you everywhere. And you're like, how's that going for you? And I was like, well, none of it's really working. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I was spending gobs and gobs of money yeah. all over the place. And, and the next thing that you and I did was we got lunch. You and Eliza came to my office and we got lunch. And you were like, okay, tell me, give me your strategy. Now, I'm 35. I'm the youngest insurance agent owner that I know in our community. Most are 20 years older, some you know 10, 15, uh, but some are you know anywhere from 10 to 30 years older than I am, and they're all talking to our community the exact same way. And I jumped right into that because it was what was easy, what was convenient, it's what was offered. But when you and I sat down, you, me and Eliza, you were like, okay, who's your target audience? And I was like, okay, I'm 35, my wheelhouse. What I want to do is I want to grow my book, people 10 years earlier than me and 10 years older than me. So 25 to 45 in Wilmington, North Carolina, Rob Renz wants to own. Why would I continue to send mail or billboards or talk to them in places that 25 to 45-year-olds don't participate. Correct. And that's when you guys were like, dude, you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. And it was a hard. Do- it wasn't even a hard dose of medicine because you guys say it so well. But it was just like that aha eye opening moment that yeah, I'm not talking to my audience.
0: So you are an excellent communicator. And if you haven't checked out Rob on LinkedIn, check out Rob. Uh, his shit is great. Good to the point content, a lot of good storytelling, but you have what I think we both would consider the good contemporary communication skills. So when you kind of alleviated yourself of doing what you saw everyone else doing, what were some of the things you leveraged? And in, in, in some of this might be inherent to you, but right. if, you could, if you could articulate it, I think it would help. But how did you
1: determine, like, this is how I could communicate in a contemporary way with my audience? Right. All credit goes to you and Eliza on this one, too, as well, because... You know, I was hesitant to to do this, even. What I think is important, what you and I and Eliza talked about was, okay, pick your lanes, right? What's your content strategy? What are those three or four things that I can talk about endlessly without feeling like I'm uninformed on the subject? Or, you know, so we came up with entrepreneurship, military, military insurance, and call it work life balance, you know, like, how do I be a dad to two beautiful girls, and a husband to my wife, and also, you know, take some time for myself too? how do we balance all those things. And so you talk about this all the time, and you do such a great job of saying it is like, if you are not genuine, and you're inauthentic on the platform, on any platform, people will reject that. And I think that's a product of talking about things that you're not comfortable talking about. So when it comes to my ability to communicate effectively, it's because I'm, I'm just talking about stuff that happens every single day. The skill, I think, in it is being able to tell it like a story that people can see, hear, and feel some emotion to. That's what will attract the audience to the person. That's the skill, and that's what I continue to practice and continue to work on is how do we take this concept, this idea, now turn it into a story that people would relate to.
0: Yeah. And I actually, it's not a challenge. I, I would say it's a spin-off of what you said, which is people who come across as not authentic. It's usually because they're talking about something they don't, they shouldn't be talking about or don't know well enough. I actually think there's a handful of situations where people know exactly what they're talking about, but they're not being, and I, I'm sorry, like, look, this is what we talk about authenticity all the time, but they know what they're talking about, but they're doing it in a way that is just That's just not how you would say it to me if we were in person. Right. There is this desire to make sure that you capture the fact that you're a human being, but more importantly, that you're a professional. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, dude, just fuck it. (laughs) Like, just fuck it. Like, it's... Just talk to me as if we were talking in person. And dude, that's why I like uh, in another episode, I told you guys like I'm now a client of Rob's because I could talk to Rob for hours on end. And sorry, my old guy, if you're listening to this, but dude, it was just like this weird salesy, like I need to make sure I check this box and just really elevated pitch. You know, I'm I'm talking literally the way he talked as if he was excited about asking me these questions when I'm like, dude, I haven't heard from you forever. Yeah. You haven't told me the performance of this. Yeah, You could have told me I don't need this. You could have saved me money here or whatever. So anyway, but I do think that's important to say that some people who are listening may not think that of themselves as contemporary communicators, but they might be talking about what they know about. Right. But at the same time, it might just be presenting. Yeah. Uh, but what else have you used that has allowed you to be a
1: contemporary communicator in your opinion? I, you know, I think obviously the media that we distribute through creates the audience with which to to say it but to your point about you know i like i work in a a professional service an insurance agent can screw up someone's life <laughs> in a major way and so i am 50% bearing that responsibility but the other 50% the dichotomy between me is to not come across like your dad's golf buddy insurance agent or or dude You ever drive around on a Saturday morning and you turn on like local AM radio and it's, now I'm sorry if you're watching this, it's some guy talking about long-term money strategy and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm sure somebody listens to that show. Otherwise he wouldn't continue to spend the money doing it. I'm not going to listen to that show because it's not relevant to me. I'm not 60, 65 approaching retirement. I'm 35 in the middle of growing my business and raising kids and hopefully making some kind of impact on my community so the where you distribute your message no matter how you do it whether it's print or video or just audio that's just as important as what it is that you're saying so you know i i think those those two things coming together where should i be and how do i say it and what do i say that's in essence, the three components of a contemporary communicator.
0: So Rob is a dream client in the fact that whenever we meet up, he goes, here's my ideas. And he doesn't have a script. He has knowledge in his head that he draws from these ideas from whatever he wrote out for the day of of the subject matters. And then we hit it and then he goes. And if we need to tweak, we tweak. But usually it's not a lot. So he has these ideas. He comes prepared. And then you gained a massive following and I know LinkedIn is shitty right now and I know we (laughs) talked about it and everything like that, but clearly you saw the trajectory. You are literally a case study for us, but what happened? Like, how did you know like, oh, this is hitting and I'm not talking about numbers, right? Like, how did you know this was hitting and how did you like play on that to be like, okay, I could take it to the next level, which is what you did over and over and over.
1: Okay. So two stories. The first one was when you you and I first met and you guys gave us your pitch and you're like, there's two options. We can do all this for you and you can distribute it on your own or we can distribute it for you. I chose to distribute it on my own because I wanted it to be my voice. So strategically going back and, and looking at it to answer your question, that was important for me because it allowed me to do the thing to test what wasn't working and then to find a better way. Sure, I would say that my copywriting has gotten immensely better in the last two or three months. And those first posts that went, you know, where I went from kind of like what I would say middling performance, you know, a a couple thousand views here and there to boom, Rob's on the scene, um, 10, 20, 30,000 views. I didn't feel confident that the content was going to hit. I really didn't. Like, I was like, man, this video is- He's never told me this. I was like, man, this is going to be a throwaway video, you know? <laughs> like, really, that's <laughs> no. the way I felt it. But I was so invested into the story of the copy that it pulled the two things together, and then it just it just took off. And so, what, what I liked about doing that myself, writing the copy and distributing myself, is that it taught me how to use the platform correctly. And you know, when we were on that Bunker Labs thing, that guy asked me. He was like, "Hey, man, you know, eventually you're not going to be able to do all this," and I, that keeps me up at night because I don't want to give that up. But I won't be. He's right. He is right, and that's what that's what makes me nervous about it. And it's like I think if you're going to do this, it has to be your voice. You have to learn it, and then when you do pass it off that person needs to know what it is that you would say or do it the exact same way that you would do it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does. One of our clients has a copywriter and I could literally
0: never tell that she wrote it. She got his voice, but for everyone else we've experimented with and some of the copywriters that we provide for our clients, like I would say it's not necessarily super close. So I understand. And it's funny you mentioned that because I wrote Eliza the longest email the other day. I'm like, the reason these hires are happening right now is because... I need to give you everything that I'm doing and everything you're doing needs to be handed off. And the reason I'm gonna do that is because I'm not on social media the way I wanna be. You're, you're talking about like, what about when I can't do it? Like I'm at a point where I feel like I can't either and I'm just throwing up shit. And like all the things that we do for you, like I'm not doing that for myself right. and it bothers me. Because if there's anything I learned, it is that you absolutely do have to be a practitioner in the places that you wanna play. So you have to understand it. You have to be the one posting. You have to be writing the copy. You have to see what resonates, what doesn't. And if you do have what you you would consider a throwaway video, which I completely understand what that's like, then can you balance it with the copy? Which all comes back to contemporary communication. Like, look, I'm not going all in on just a video and I'm going to write two sentences and be like, whatever. Like you are leveraging the fact that you improved a skill and that maybe some people will watch the video because they read or maybe people will read the copy
1: because of what they saw. You guys, you, you remember when you guys texted me like early morning, you screenshotted it. <laughs> I think you and Eliza were talking and you screenshot it and sent it to me, the screenshot of you and Eliza's text message. And you're like, sometimes I love our clients. <laughs> and I just responded back, question mark, question mark, question mark. And you guys called it. The day that I posted it, the morning that I posted, before it even started to take off, that it was going to be a good post because of that headline. It just grabbed people's attention. Yes, and to just say I want to be a contemporary communicator, not that's just like saying I want to be a marine without going to boot camp. Like you have to practice the skill. You have to become a practitioner to use your word. If if you're going to get good at it, it's not just hey, let me shoot a video, throw it up there. I'll I'll do a couple hashtags and tag a few buddies. There's more skill and craft and you and I know this now immediately have to keep stay on our toes because the platforms will change on you. You got to figure out how to, you know, take the ball and run it, run the end around when the platform changes on you without any notice. There's people that I'm sure are listening. they're like, dude, contemporary communicator. Like I could do that and
0: I could do this, but I have a business mm-hmm. to run. Mm-hmm we talked about this earlier, like some people are like, oh, I I don't want it to be all about me. I don't want to be on social because this like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I, I immediately think everyone who posts on, on social media is completely indulgent and arrogant, like, you know, like, come on. (laughs) So anyway, what would you say to the people that believe uh, they can be a contemporary communicator, but that somehow that actually detracts from their business if they're trying to kind of leverage their brand and the visibility
1: they're getting? The big aha moment for me was when I came to the realization that I'm a marketer who owns some businesses. Fuck yes! So the first thing I have to do in the morning is get noticed. Is to fill my funnel with eyeballs, because uh, there is insurance agents a dime a dozen, and people will drive past them to get to my office because they saw me on a place on their playground, if you will. So. You know, the idea that social media is self-indulgent. I get it, but that depends on the user on the, on what you are posting. I and you and the people we surround ourselves with are trying to provide value. I think we lead altruistically on social media. You'll never hear me give a sales pitch. You'll never hear me, you know, post something that's really just about me. I always try to say, this is what I experienced. I want you to benefit from this. So that's just a mindset thing that you've got to make a decision for yourself. Are you just going to be posting pictures of your best life? You know, like um, I'm on Cabo, you know, drinking a pina colada. How does that benefit me, Rob Wren, seeing you, Rich Cardona, posting vacation pictures? There are platforms for that and those are cool, but those are all about getting likes. It's all about just feeding that ego, that social media ego, where the other approach is, I'm going to give value to this network. And some people will like it. Some people won't. That's the great thing is that those people who don't can just keep moving on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but it's about how you approach it. It really is about how you approach it.
0: Rob is someone who I would consider a phenomenal contemporary communicator. He he gets it. But the reason he said people would potentially drive by you know, another State Farm agent's office and go to talk to Rob is because that contemporary communication is actually, in a strange way, you might not believe it, is is because Rob has built a relationship with people. Yeah, Because I see him, how he talks, what he talks about, I know what he cares about. I know what he does for veterans and Marines and the Suiting Warriors event. I also know that he's going to give me insurance knowledge. And I also know he's going to tell me about parenting screw-ups and the life lesson that he got from it and business ventures and business failures. Because I know that in this way that is inexplicable to some people, like that has formed a relationship and because I have a relationship with him instead of the QR code guy that's right. the State Farm QR code, I don't even know the guy's name, it doesn't matter, but I see it at the airport. I'm yeah. like, dude, who the fuck is ever gonna yeah. like QR code? It's okay, guy. he'll never see this. He'll ne- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but because of that, like, done, the decision yeah. is easy. Yeah, The decision is easy. So if there's any takeaways from it, just remember that number one, you have to know what you're talking about. I think Rob put it really, really well with the 50% of, you know, the responsibility of you as a service provider or whatever it is that you do. And then the other 50% is making sure that your message is coming across the way you want it to come across and as you are. But lastly, that, uh, you know, that, that communication is responsible for relationship forming. And I think it makes it easy for people to have an, uh, I'm a little redundant here, but an informed decision on who they're going to explore to work with. Right. So, that's what we got. So check us out another time. Definitely give us feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, hit up Rob on LinkedIn, Rob Renz. You could find me on LinkedIn as well, Rich Cardona, and we'll see you next time.